0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at nine eight Central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
1: A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh?
0: Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No 18 terms and conditions apply, website for details. In the spirit of reconciliation, the Theatre Thoughts podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community we pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all traditional custodians of the land on which our episodes are recorded.
1: So, yeah, we go through a lot of different styles and different genres, um, of course, borrowing from as well or being inspired from a lot of First Nations artists as Mm. well with some of the songs, which I don't want to talk too much about because that to me is the diamond of our show. Okay. you have to come and check it out.
0: Welcome back to a new episode of the Theater Thoughts podcast, hosted by myself, Justin Clark, and featuring an array of Australia's best and brightest in the theater industry and beyond. You can get full access to the podcast by signing up to our monthly email and joining the Theatre Thoughts Patreon community for as little as $3 a month. All the details can be found by heading over to our Instagram account at TheatreThoughtsAUS or our official podcast Instagram at ttpod underscore official. Let us know what you think of this episode by giving us a rating wherever you get your podcasts. Everyone to a new episode of Theatre Thoughts podcast. We have a returning guest today, which I'm super stoked to actually meet them in person. We have a composer, lyricist, actor, and singer. Currently obsessed with Hades on Nintendo Switch, so I found out. Most recently toured as Catherine Parr in Six the Musical, a role which she originated in Australia in 2019. She also starred in Merrily We Roll Along with The Hayes and Papa G in the Australian premiere of Once on This Island. She's currently living and working on Gadigal Country to produce new Australian work. And she's here to talk about the new show, The Lucky Country... It's
1: video making. Hi. Thanks so much for having me.
0: I'm so excited to actually meet you in person. Thanks.
1: I'm so stoked to be here.
0: I'm very excited about this show because I've saw recently your reel you're doing online down in Launceston, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just going and asking people like what do you think Australia is? Like what does it mean to you? And I thought that's great. That's great marketing.
1: It was really interesting like hearing people's different opinions and also the types of people who would want to even engage and talk with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, I was definitely surprised by a lot of answers, but, I mean, that's the point of this show. It's about sharing the very, very many voices that we have in this country, in this Mm. place that we call Australia.
0: So I guess the first question I ask is where did it come from? Uh
1: That's a big question. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) it's a
0: bit of a big one. I
1: think there's a lot of elements that sparked the seed of the show, part of it was from a place of frustration of, you know, going to the theatre and seeing shows and loving shows. But Mm. every time I'd see a person of colour who was Australian on stage, they would very often be a two-dimensional character. Mm. Often there was quite racist humour, which was, you know, brought down to, oh, well, that's Aussie humour, which I just think we can do better than that. And we're also, like, we are funny. We can be so much funnier than that. yeah, Um, And also for a, a a love of this place um, and an exploration of of who we are, I really wanted to try and put that down into a show. So I decided to to just do that and yeah. tackle a very, very small concept, which is national identity. <laughs> it's easy to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Really easy. Um, yeah. So that was like where the, the seed for the show came from. Yeah. But what's been really interesting is researching very, very different viewpoints about what people say about being Australian and just different elements of Australian culture has really broadened my mind. And Mm. I think we'll talk a little bit later about like how the show has been developed. Yeah. And that's kind of been a really cool look into us as a nation in like a meta way as well. Yeah, definitely.
0: And I think there's a lot of discussion around that. That same question, especially Mm -hmm. in the past recent years, I think mostly around the concept of, you know, the 26th, like what does that mean Mm -hmm. for us as a country Mm -hmm. and where does our identity go for in terms of that?
1: Yeah, like I kept asking myself, like, how do we be a nation who doesn't dismiss the last 280 years? But gain 60,000 years of our identity. Yeah. You know? It's a great way and, to put it. And also, as a settler perspective, as I'm the child of immigrants from South Africa and originally India, I've also got a settler narrative, but I'm also a person of color. Mm. And then there's this white Australian cultural identity that we have, yeah. even though we don't have. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, we have what to me is the most important um, through line through the narrative of Australian identity, which is our first nations people and and, mm. and their voice. And what's been cool about the lucky country is we've been a let, we've been led by a lot of first nations artists oh, so cool. in that way. So yeah. it's a funny piece in that it's, it's a settler piece. It's written by people who aren't first nations or of this place, mm. but that, you know, we've worked really hard um, to work with incredible first nations artists so yeah. that we pay a lot of respect and, um, We honor that gorgeous tradition of song and storytelling and dance Mm. that has been here for so many, 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 many well, you years.
0: you say it so, like, poignantly and so well put, so I can tell you've thought about this, like, a lot. <laughs> yeah, for the last five years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just quickly read out, like, the description of the show. Uh-huh. Um, so it's a new Aussie musical for all Aussies. Uh, digging deep into the themes of identity and belonging, the Glucky country is a heartfelt, widely entertaining and joyful celebration of who we can be as Australians. You've summed it up perfectly already. <laughs> um, so we meet hilarious all Aussie characters, grey nomads who find love on a Kentucky tour. A uh, World War II veteran, a young ref- uh, refugee, even a Chinese-Australian restaurateur who dreams of life as a Byron Bay nudist. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Why the not? The Contiki one <laughs> so, like, poignant to me because I used to tour for Top Deck over really? in Europe. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, and so whenever I say, like, Kentucky tour, I just automatically know the person. Know, so
1: that song was kind of written about this couple who... I went on a Katiki tour to Morocco and this song is oh, set yeah. in Morocco with my mate from school was like, you know, we're in our 20s. let Let's. It wasn't a Contiki tour. It was an intrepid, but same gift. Yeah, you know? We're traveling. <laughs> yeah. And there was this couple who had just met on Tinder and oh, they were like in their 60s. Yeah. And they were on this tour and it was really funny because there was one time where I was knocking on their door because we were really close with them. Yeah. And I was like, hey, hey, do you want to come and, you know, see the marketplace with us? And you heard this like running behind the doors and then the door opened, and she's in a towel and he's like in the bathroom. And I was like, oh, my God. Yes. Oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) It was so beautiful. That's so good. This teenage kind of romance and passion and love. And yeah, so it's partly based on them, but also partly based on. Imagination.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, I love that. That's so like the life experiences that you put into a piece of work. Totally. I think is insane. So I guess um, we talked about really briefly about where it came from, but in terms of your writing style, mm-hmm. from what I've gathered so far, you have a lot of Australian um, inspirations that mm-hmm. you've used, um, specifically in terms of the formatting of the songs. Mm-hmm. So do you want to talk about? Like, what can we kind of expect or what yeah, was your inspiration sure, for, sure. for that?
1: So the first draft that I did of the show was back with Front and Centre, an incredible Melbourne camp company. Like, thank you so much for supporting our amazing new work. Um, and that was a very, very different show. It was kind of my take on Australian identity. And a lot of those songs were like, I was doing a lot of Sondheim at the time, um, a lot of piano music. It was beautiful, but... I showed it to Sonia and you know, a lot of people will say yeah, it's great. It's great. It's great. But not often will you get people really critiquing your work. Yeah. And the ones that do, I think is, that's such a gift
0: it for is, a new yeah. writer.
1: And I took it to Sonia who's, who was a mentor for me. She's a colleague, a friend. And I was like, what do you think of this? And she just laid it down really honestly. And she was like, look, you're dealing with a massive, massive subject here. Like yeah. I said, a national identity. That's huge. Yeah we need to expand this out if you really want to do it properly. And I went, you are so right. So we went back and we rewrote pretty much most of the songs. There are two songs that have pretty much stayed the same. Okay. But in order to do that, I wanted to try and encapsulate this idea of nationhood, we talk about how we're like this multicultural nation. That's a Mm. a big thing that's often said.
0: Seems like a repetitive, like, rhetoric, I guess, for sure, But a
1: part of that is that we have so many different voices and types of people that go beyond even just race. Yeah. So I wanted to encapsulate that idea with the genres of the songs that we have in the show. So... What has been a nightmare for our orchestrator Heidi McGuire, yeah. is that every single song sounds like it's from a completely different musical. Right. We okay. have a song um about Baker Boy, which sounds like a Baker Boy song. Yeah. We have a song about two Aussie blokes who were at the footy. <laughs> um, there's a little bit of a twist there, which you'll have to come and see the show Ooh. to find out. <laughs> but you know, I listen to a lot of Jimmy Barnes, yeah. um, Finzi, Cold Chisel, to like. For references of that songs, we have references to the Seekers. I actually just did a little playlist of oh, a lot you? of the songs that we reference. Like, I listened to the Play School theme for one oh, of the songs. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, there's this Russian choir who are from Mullumbimby called Dusty Okay, who are fascinating. We have like a seven minute song about them, Amazing. which is this fun Russian Australian love fest. Yeah, um, we have a fever dream about all the things in Australia that could kill you that's done in the style of a Kylie Minogue, (laughs) like, fever dream. So, yeah, we go through a lot of different styles and different genres, Um, of course, borrowing from as well or being inspired from a lot of First Nations artists as Mm. well with some of the songs, which I don't want to talk too much about because that to me is the diamond of our show. Okay. You have to come and check it out.
0: It's great. I wasn't a massive, I'm a big like musical theatre person, but I wasn't a massive sort of cultural like music head, but only the last couple of years I've been really switching into Triple J Uh and I feel like I've just developed a great deal of like, oh, I now know them. I know Boudreaux. He's awesome, you know? Right. And just all these things that like you seep in.
1: So much in this country that, you know, is just so... Much talent. Mm. We have so much talent in this country. I think, especially in the music scene, it's one of our most incredible industries. I think.
0: Yeah, and I think the creation of the artist who is a singer and instrument player as well. There's a term I can't remember off the top of my head. (laughs) I'll probably cut that. I should
1: know it. Yeah, I'm one of them. Yeah, you're one of them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But like using that in musicals has just changed what a musical can be for sure. And I think it like it it makes some of the best work as Mm. well.
1: Yeah. Part of our show, which I'm really excited about as well, is we have a Yidaki, which is a word for didgeridoo, okay. um, being played live as well by oh, Billy wow. Mack, who's awesome. Yeah. And like, oh, having that live and watching artists connect to that. We had a cultural consultation workshop uh, last year, a cultural collaboration workshop to expand and grow the show through our First Nations through line and we worked with a whole range of incredible First Nations artists. And one of the highlights for me was we were working with a few dancers to find a movement um, language for one of the songs in the show and having Billy playing the didge and watching these dancers feel the vibrations through the floor, Ah. being set on country um, and watching their imaginations work and watching their bodies move. It's, it's like sacred. It's, it's like, I felt so blessed in that moment that I got to be a part of that. Yeah. And they'll get to be a part of that in our show. So I'm really looking forward to audiences, yeah, enjoying that. That sounds so
0: exciting. Stuff like that I feel is so unique that you don't often see. Um, And it makes it like fresh and opens up like a whole different perspective as well. I hope
1: so. That's what my goal is with this show is to be seen as not just some small indie show, like to be seen as part of the Australian canon. Mm. And this is what we can be alongside the great works, which do exist in the musical theatre canon here in Australia. Um, But that these kind of shows and these kind of voices and these kind of ways of telling um, stories as who we are mm. can also be part of that conversation.
0: Well, I think I was going to come back to what you were saying, just saying about like the cultural aspects and being a part of it. Cause I know like I recently went to um, New Zealand Aotearoa and we took part in um, one of the tribal ceremonies in, in Rotorua and I had to like lead the the group I was with mm-hmm. as like their chief. And we had to like, I did like greet the leader and, and say like, thank you for having us. And then we took part in the whole welcoming ceremony. We did the Hongi and um, all those things was just so moving to me. And I was, like, sitting there the entire time just going, why don't we do this back home? And I was like, why can't I do... I want to do this, but we like, the First Nations artists back home. Because it was just, like, an opening to me that I'd never actually taken part of in someone's... Even not in my own country, but, you know, the next, sure. you know, close country to it.
1: I think there's so much opportunity here that a lot of white Australia misses out on, unfortunately. When you make the contact with those artists... And you find those connections, the way that like they've invited us in has been like, I almost want to cry thinking about it because it's been, it's been so incredible. You know, Mm. I feel so blessed. I feel like my identity is almost like expanded through getting to be a part of a narrative. And I think if you allow, and you meaning like our culture, if we allow to have those pathways opened and allow to lean into the tricky conversations because the idea of nationhood, it's not a simple one. It's a no. very, very complex one. Yeah. But I think often we run away from the conversation when we yeah. try to just, you know, yeah, lace over it with something that's I, like.
0: I think from like my experience, I tend, I'm definitely guilty of that because yeah. so am it's, I. It's because I don't want to offend, and so I choose to distract from the conversation or or don't take part in it because I don't want to like put my foot in the wrong for place. Sure. You know, for sure. And but I think that's difficult. Thing.
1: I feel like reaching out and talking. I've come on a huge journey in just the writing of this this show and getting to meet different artists and getting to learn so much. Now I feel like comfortable mm. talking about a lot of these things. And you're never gonna be right. Like you're yeah. never going to everyone's got an opinion and, and especially when it comes to the First Nations voices, oh, when it comes to yeah. Australian identity, those are really important and those conflicting ones are really important. Too. Mm. But back to what you were saying, I think it's, it's cool that we lean into and it's important that we go out and find avenues of ways to engage because yeah. the thing I've realized is that they're there. Yeah, We just need to find them and that they will ha- happily invite you with open arms as long as they are feeling held and that they can trust you, mm. um, which is something I think we need to work Towards.
0: that's amazing yeah that's i keep listening to you i'm like that's a clip that i'm gonna just clip, <laughs> i'm gonna clip that because that's just like so good i just want to do the snaps it's so good after our first successful Q&A with Purple Tape Productions for expiration date, the Theatre Thoughts podcast is proud to be hosting Slanted Theatre's Q&A on Tuesday the 30th of May at Meraki Arts Bar. Come and ask the cast and crew questions about the production and feature on the podcast. For full tickets and information, head to meraki.sydney now or follow us on our Instagram at ttpod underscore official. Talk about you. I know last time you were on, which um, was amazing talking, to you were in that little production, a little indie production. Yeah, 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 yeah. tiny. Never heard of it. And you finished that. Were you working on this show during Six? Yeah. Yeah?
1: Working on this and another show. Were you? Yeah, yeah. So like writing two musicals and and touring has been pretty full on. Yeah. But also it's part of who I am. And I think Mm. like for Six I got to play Catherine Parr. She herself is a writer who changed the game. The, um, the queens would often say, like, who's the most like their role? Vidya is yeah. her role. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think there's in some ways, as long as you can balance your time and sleep and hydrate. Yeah. It actually kind of helped, I think, inform what I was able to bring to the stage in six.
0: Okay. Yeah. So I guess the next thing I want to ask about um, your career and your place in the theatre industry is how do you think your place in the career has changed over the couple of years? And I have a follow-up question, but I want to ask that one first. For sure. First. It feels very Sandra Sully, sorry. Yeah. I was like, no, what's, what's, uh, what's right. your career?
1: That's quite right, Sandra. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, as in like how the industry has changed yeah, and my and place like, in the Yeah, and your place in it, yeah. Yeah, it's changed immensely. When I wanted to go into the musical theatre industry as a kid, I have a, f- like a theatre-loving family, but I never mm. did it as a kid. Okay. Um, and yeah, we just we just love musical theatre. And so when I showed interest in it and I showed some sort of talent in it um, and I said to mum and dad, I think I want to do this with my life, it was really scary for them because they knew the industry and they knew mm. that they'd never seen anyone who looked like me in it. Right. So they were, you know, worried parents going, we came to this country to afford a better life for our kids. Is she going to have a a career. So they actually talked to my singing teacher and my singing teacher was like, well, she's got the talent. Let's see if she can find the place. And so that was how I like kind of started. And then when I graduated from uni, what I would find was I'd often audition for commercial gigs and I'd kind of get there, but never quite because I didn't quite fit a lot of the molds that they were looking for where I was not black enough or not Latinx enough. Um, or, to Indian or to this or to yeah. that it, it, i I felt that I never got to be really seen for me, and sometimes you don't realize what you're missing until you find it, mm. and that I will often talk about in six when I went into the audition room for them. I realized, oh my God, this is the first time I'm actually just being seen as a woman, yeah, and getting wow. to audition just as me. I'm not trying to feel some sort of racial stereotype yeah so that was that was really eye opening for wow. me. And things, I think, have really changed where you look globally at the kind of shows that are being produced. I think with the success of, I mean, In the Heights, however many years oh, ago, lovely, followed by nice. Hamilton. And then you have things like Six where it was written by two 23-year-olds. Yeah. It was never meant to be um, the cult no. following, you know, have the cult following that it has now. It was just meant to be a student production that yeah. Toby and Lucy wrote for their friends. Yeah, yeah. And that is at the essence of it. So I think that gaining popularity has also then given scope and given um pathways for even here in Australia, I look at the new work that's being produced. Mm. Fangirls and like the, the lovers both have incredibly successful seasons with people, young people, um, young people of colour wanting to go and watch these shows. Yeah. So it's definitely it's definitely changed a lot in the last couple of years. Um I wrote a song a few years back called I Need You To See Me, which was about visibility in the entertainment industry and we had like 101 BIPOC and CALD artists yeah from aged 18 to 25 and when that got released it was kind of in 2020 where everyone was locked down Mm. everyone was talking about Black Lives Matter and how that applies to our industry and the thing is these voices have been here forever And there have been people like my colleague Sonia Suarez has been, she's 15 years older than me, and she's been having the same conversations, saying the same things for so many years. Finally, it seems people are starting to listen. Yeah. And what they're finding, I think, is... Is gold?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, look at the following of those shows: six totally. and Love has got a following for like the short run and had fangirls. I mean, you can't <sighs> yeah. even get me started on that yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> so it, I think it shows that you know there's not just the repeat musicals that you can just dig up and go. oh, would need a bit of money. I Let's think do we need that. to
1: give Aussie audiences more credit. Yeah. Than I think we have done previously. Yeah. I think we often think that our oh, Aussie audiences they want this particular thing, but actually, I think. We're a pretty sophisticated
0: yeah.
1: nation in a way, and I say sophisticated in in the lens of um, thirsty. You know, we're yeah. thirsty for.
0: That's exactly what Mel and Sam said last night. They were thirsty. Yeah, you know, so yeah. it's definitely like a reoccurring thing that I'm hearing. Is that yeah. we just want like that yeah. opportunity, even
1: just like hearing an Australian voice on stage. That can be such a confronting thing because Mm. we never get that. Yeah. But then when you lean into it, it's like, oh, my God, I can just (laughs) kind of see myself up there. That was a cool thing about Six as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was one thing before I saw it, I questioned. I went, well, are they going to do British accents or are they going to do Australian? And when I saw it, it was jarring. It was us going, whoa, hang on a sec. But then once you settle in, you go, no, go for it. You just be yourself. It was great. Well, working with Sonia then, where did that – where did you cross paths um, and I, what's it been like working I met her?
1: Sonia kind of early on in my career. Like I said, I was auditioning and just finding that I wasn't getting work. Sonia created this incredible Sondheim Theatre Company in Melbourne called Watch This. Okay. And I auditioned for one of their shows and got cast and we kind of started to like bond and to click and um, I looked up to her a lot as kind of a mentor. Um, and then, yeah, we just continued to talk and then through – I can't remember what year it was now, but I got the lead in their show Sunday in the Park with George, where All I got right. to play Dot and Marie, which oh, was like one of like, oh my God, like a life,
0: yeah, a life
1: dream come true. And I worked really well with Sonia and also dream, Dean Dreeberg, who's resident uh, director now of Hamilton.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. And
1: yeah, we just got on really well. And Sonia was really interested in my writing. Watch This actually hosted a um, a reading of one of my earlier works called Woman. Yeah. And, yeah, that's, I guess, kind of how we got to cross paths. And then eventually when I told her about what is now The Lucky Country, uh, she loved it because it was like right down her alley. Mm. Um, Ch- Sonia is a genius. Like, yeah. I feel like in a lot of this process, I'm the craftsman where like I know how to write a song and I know how to write lyric but the way that we'd work on it was it was in lockdown. So I'd go to a house and we'd sit on the little patch of grass outside of her house. Oh,
0: cool. And yeah. we'd sit
1: there and her kids would kind of come and bring us cookies and tea. And she'd just be like, so, and this year, blah, 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 blah. And the White Australia policy, blah, 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 And she has all of this incredible information in her brain. And I'd be like, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh, uh-huh. And I'd come up with like notes. Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, I'd like pages and pages of notes. And I'd go home and phrase- basically from what she said um, – I'd write the songs.
0: Right, okay. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, we, we have this thing where we say composed by Vidya in collaboration with Sonia Suarez, which is yeah. kind of a new thing that we came up with in that I am the songwriter, but yeah. the songs don't exist without Sonia's brain. Yeah, Sonia's for infant. sure.
0: Yeah. That's so cool. So it's just like constantly just developing um, I guess both in a collaboration but also the space of how to make a creative work as well yeah
1: yeah it was really cool like re refining that and and creating our own way of this very different show as well people keep mm. asking me so is it a musical comedy is it a song cycle I'm like yes and yes and and yes
0: yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we have to come and see yeah yeah
1: <laughs> we say like it's it's a concept musical I think okay yeah, yeah. there is a narrative a slight narrative through it that um kind of disappears and comes back right but the, na- the main narrative of it is nationhood. Yeah. Is the concept of nationhood.
0: And I saw the cast list uh, drop today. Yes. So you're in it. Yes. And, and Milo um, Hata Hart- yep. is in it as well. Oh, um, my So God. I mean already like tick-tick.
1: Our cast is like... Phew, yeah. <laughs> when we saw the self tapes, I just lost my mind. We have oh, wow. some incredible, incredible artists who I just cannot wait for Australia to fall in love with them. Oh, a lot cool. of them haven't really worked. Um Crystal West is playing Mother Alternate. She's making her musical theatre debut. Love we that. have um Mindy Quanton who's a phenomenal, phenomenal performer who's playing Mother. Um yeah. Incredible, incredible cast. I'm obsessed yeah. with them.
0: That's so cool. How how are you going to work within the space with the cast, but also I guess as the composer and lyricist, would you, how do I one word this? How are you going to work both as actor but then still have a hold on the show, I guess?
1: For sure. Part of the process, we've actually had three workshops coming into this. So all of the writing has been workshopped and workshopped and workshopped, and we're kind of at a place now where we feel pretty confident about it. And mm. I've been able to kind of just let that go a bit. Okay. But I'm also sharing the role of woman too. Woman, Yeah, we're woman too. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, with Arva Madden. So what's that allowing us is the opportunity for often her to step in and then I'll be able to step out, be able to have a look. Oh, okay. Make whatever changes that need to happen, which yeah. will always happen in a new musical. Of course, yeah. Um, but then also get to step in um, myself because it's been my dream to write and perform in one of my own shows for, God, like since I was this big. Oh, Um, so cute. So, yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) That's so great. That's so wholesome. Yeah. (laughs) Well, there was one thing I wanted to ask you before I ask you our theatre thoughts question was how do you stay inspired and how do you stay motivated within the changing landscape of theatre?
1: You know what? I think about theatre all the time. I get up in the morning and I'm like, hmm, this would be a cool idea for a show. And then all throughout the day, like, I'll hear people talk and I'm like, hmm, lyrics. Oh, hmm, that. And I'll go to bed thinking about it. Yeah. So it's something that is always on my mind. I'm obsessed with it. Mm. I feel like I get inspired by a thirst for wanting to continually create something new in a way that is me as well. Yeah. Um, There's probably a bit of narcissism in there too. And no. that, like, I just want to get my yeah. voice out there too, but... Yeah. I really feel like I've got something to say and I know I'm good at saying it.
0: Yeah. Well, all the great R's have, like when you spoke then, I was just watching in my mind, Tick, Tick, Boom, the film with Jonathan Larson. Oh my God. Um, And I was just like... And you're like a little bit of narcissism is not a bad thing because totally. like, think,
1: well, it's just confidence. Yeah. Right? It's the
0: confidence in you and you come across as so confident because you know exactly <laughs> it's, there's a sense of well I, I know you.
1: what I'm good at. I yeah. also know what I'm really bad at and I could name a huge list of those <laughs> things for you. Have you seen my feet? Cause they don't arch well. <laughs> <Stick up. laughs>
0: but I think uh, what I was trying to say with that was the, the sense to build something new and find your voice yeah. and then put it on the stage. Yeah. You know, so many people have done it. There's that gem that just changes the landscape.
1: And it's not about necessarily having to be something ridiculously important.
0: Mm. I think
1: it's just being part of the conversation. Yeah. You know, when I look at Lin-Manuel Miranda and Lucy Moss and Toby Marlowe and Stephen Sondheim, Mm. they're all geniuses. But I look at their work, I'm like, yeah, I'm like part of you guys, you know, and that's exciting. It makes me feel like I'm meant to be here yeah. and I just can't wait for audiences to come and love or hate or whatever in between yeah. but to react to the show and for it to stretch them and maybe push them or mm. hold them um, depending on who you are I think the show will speak to you in many different ways as long as it speaks to you come see it I'm Let's really excited yeah. I'm, I'm
0: very excited yeah. to see it as soon as I like I heard you were doing it and then I like kept researching and listening to you and saw the poster I was like no yep, how amazing definitely, is our
1: poster I love it Monica Higgins Insane. Yeah, it's I'm just a,
0: it. very eye catching. Okay, yeah. okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna see that one. Did you want to do our one minute theatre thoughts? Hell yeah, let's do it. Cool. Okay, because I didn't think I don't think we did this last time. I don't think we did um, either. It was a relatively new thing. I thought. Ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. I
1: mean, I don't think so, but let's just go. <laughs> Who's for ever it. ready? <laughs>
0: What's been your favourite production you've seen recently?
1: Recently, Sex Magic at Griffin Theatre. Nicholas Brown is a
0: genius. Mm, okay. Um, what's your go-to karaoke song?
1: I don't really do karaoke, but I'm notorious Shocking. for making up songs all the time, everywhere, and they're ridiculous, and I belt them out, and that's a thing. Are they catchy? Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah, they're catchy. <laughs> um,
0: what role haven't you played yet that you'd still want to?
1: One that I am yet to write. Yeah, I think that's where my heart is at right now. That's a great answer.
0: Um, who inspired you as a young performer?
1: Beyonce and Nina Simone.
0: Who inspires you now?
1: Ooh, my mother and my sister. Oh, sweet. And my dad. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, which production would you most want to see come to Australia?
1: another one of mine
0: <laughs> or best answer
1: Hades town
0: ah excellent that is the one that's on like the forefront of my mind yeah. and i Ugh. i feel like the more i get it on the podcast it's like hopefully someone yeah. like oh maybe we should bring it please um and the last question was what's your ideal lineup for an australian music festival
1: okay. electric fields Hiatus coyote like let's get the young divas back together baker boy kylie minogue john farnham and Heidi, our musical director, has a band in Tassie called Laphrodisiac, who okay. have just released their debut single. They are amazing, so they will also be headlining.
0: Cool. That sounds great. And when did tickets go on sale for that?
1: For that? Um, when someone wants to give us the money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Well, thank you so much, Vidya, for coming for in and, me. and talking about it. That was um, so wholesome and so passionate as well. I love when I have people on here and they talk so passionately about what they're doing. Thank you so much. So I think that'll come through.
1: Thank you so much. Enjoy the show. Yeah. <laughs>
0: massive thank you to Vidya Macon for joining us as our guest on this episode all the links for the Hayes Theatre's production of The Lucky Country can be found in this episode's description or by heading to the musicals Instagram account at Lucky Country Musical right now this episode was produced by Echidna Audio follow them on Instagram at Echidna Audio for all their audio services once again if you enjoyed our podcast leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts and head to the link in this episode's description for our Instagram account TikTok YouTube and patreon my name's justin clark and i'll see you next time here on the theater thoughts podcast